0: This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities, featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive-thru, dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay use the promo code FIVE that's F-I-V-E FIVE and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 but first sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today
1: Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Now here's your hosts Chris, Alf. And Simon.
0: And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards for Carry. It's been a minute, and by a minute, I mean it's been a month. As always, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official beer of 5 Reasons Sports Network. And if you like the show and you support the show, and you want the show to go on, of course, please shave your balls. Manscaped, of course, they have the new performance package 4.0. Use 5 RSN. 20% off your entire order. Chris, we started something. You started something. Yes, we did. That's a trend. And it seems like, it seems like uh, you, ha- you have some kind of breaking news that you just gave me right here yeah, on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. So tell uh, the people what we're doing with this OnlyFans Patreon account.
1: Well, you know, we think it's just about time that uh, three and we here at three yards per carry have our own only fans page. So, um, so that you can get, you know, the, the latest, uh, the latest pictures of us, uh, you know, in, in odd situations and, <laughs> um, but what we did actually is uh, for a long time we've talked about that on this podcast and listeners have mentioned to us on Twitter we've talked about the WhatsApp chat that the three of us have been on for about five years now. I looked it up and and we kind of just text each other constantly daily, you know, all things, football players, uh, videos, video clips, pictures, everything. Um, And a lot of listeners like have always been like, man, you know, I wish I wish you could broadcast that or I wish that you could somehow share that with us. Uh, So we decided to finally get get on it and so we're we're doing the whatsapp chat on discord now and we're having people sign up through patreon um and the patreon page is going to be called only fins uh kind of a joke on the only fans thing and uh yeah so you can sign up for three bucks a month and uh and get our whatsapp chat feed um and like daily messages and you know everything that we talk about but also I, this is this was really exciting um because like somebody, one of our subscribers was like, hey, um, why don't you do a, a chat room or a channel where the, the subscribers could talk to each other? And I sort of realized, uh, okay, we got a lot of these people that are like pretty hardcore football people, right? I mean, you don't, you don't sign up with us unless you're pretty hardcore football people. Well, you know, they might get something, really get something out of talking to each other. So, um, so we started that, and and now, of course, all the gears are turning. We're thinking of giveaways and things to do for our. We're we're like we're like already getting neck deep in the whole Patreon thing. So, um, so I think that it's really cool. It's three dollars a month. Uh, the only fins on Patreon, and um, and we just just before hitting the record button reached a hundred subscribers. So, that which is was, awesome. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you want to get on there, you got to go to patreon.com slash onlyfins, O-N-L-Y-F-I-N-S. Now, you heard Chris. Yes, he's also here. Simon, it's been a month. How are you, friend?
2: Good. Good, thanks. I'm glad for the time off, frankly. (laughs) So, but no, all good. All good. Hope you boys are well, too.
0: Yeah, well, it's... I mean, I know you
2: well because I speak to you every every single day. So I don't even know why we're doing this. So, <laughs> you know, we all know each other as well. So yeah,
0: yes, but we haven't heard each other's voices for for a month. Uh England's doing well. They're they're in the quarterfinal. You do you, your your foot, football teams or your soccer football. teams, how they say in just, it just football.
2: Just say it. Football. It's really football.
0: easy. Okay, your football teams. A lot of winning, Simon. Does it get? Does that ever get old? Does it become old hat? Do you just like wake up? Ah, that's another, you know, another quarterfinal in the UEFA. So
2: never, never. It never
0: gets old, right?
2: Uh, No, winning never gets old. Well,
0: we're going to talk a lot about winning on this show, and unfortunately, because
1: it's a different podcast, and we change teams. This is still three yards per carry, not uh, six yards per carry. Yeah. But
0: yeah. so we're going to talk a little bit about winning on this on this show. And we're going to start somewhere where it could lead to not winning. Okay? Because the last time we spoke, we speculated. But then it became official. And Xavier like Howard didn't show up for minicamp. Or how they like to call it, mandatory OTAs. Mm-hmm. He didn't show up. And nobody really knows what he wants, but we know the particulars of his contract and what it kind of prohibits him from doing, which is he really can't sit out the season unless he really hates money. If he really wants to make a stand, he could just keep paying back the dolphins somewhere around $800,000 a game for this season. I don't think he's going to do that, but there's something definitely going on there. It's not, I wouldn't say all is well and we should expect them for camp. Simon, what do you make of this?
2: Um, I mean, I, for, I don't really care if I'm completely honest. I mean, he's going to show up and play or he's going to get traded. And if he gets traded, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins entered into a deal with him where they said, look, you signed this contract. We didn't, you signed it. You signed it two years ago. If you don't like it, tough shit. You know, there's still three more years to go. If you didn't like it, you shouldn't have signed it, you know, um, and I think they'll probably enter into some deal where they say, look, we're not going to pay you anymore because we've paid you a shitload of money anyway. Um, but if you really want out, then play this season and we'll trade you to, you know, and you can pick the team that you end up going to pretty much um, after the season. I don't think there's any scenario where he sits out, it benefits nobody, um, and it makes him look like a malignant. Um, and so, I, you know, and I think he needs to play. You know, as good a player as he is. He's still got question marks with those knees and the injuries and, you know, So, and also he needs to back up a really good season because he's really not done that in the past. He's, you know, he's not had back-to-back brilliant seasons. You know, he's had a great season, then he struggled with injury. He's now, he's had another great season. Well, you know, what's it going to be this year? And it's not a particularly good pattern if he has, you know, if that inconsistency reigns where he either doesn't play or he's not ready to play. And and ultimately that lowers his trade value. um, And that lowers the number of people that are going to be interested in him especially if, you know, the Dolphins start disseminating information that all oh, those knees, not what they used to be, mm-hmm. which, you know, they'd be quite within their rights to do. So um, I think ultimately he plays, whether or not he's a Miami Dolphin in three seasons time, it's probably very unlikely. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins try to get back in the first round with an extra pick in a really strong cornerback draft next year, um, depending on what happens with Norik Benogaday.
1: Yeah, I think that he's going to play um and so i i do i mean i disagree with simon in one sense is that you know i do care because he was he was the best defensive player on the field last year um you know those turnovers were a big reason why they why they won that's one of the reasons we kind of fear the uh you know the turnover regression um that happens because i think the dolphins forced a turnover in every single game last year uh, and he was a big part of the reason why that happened. Um, so, you know, he's he's a big deal for this team. Uh, so, of course, you care whether he's going to play. I just think from the start, the sense that I've always gotten, both from him and the Miami Dolphins, is that they're both very half-hearted about this. You know, he's he's not, you know, really forcing the issue like other players have in the past. The, the, the sort of players that actually do force themselves out of, the the organization uh he's not been doing that and uh, at the same time you know the language and the way the dolphins have treated it has not been like if i think of like hard-ass jerry jones being like shut up and play you know and um and never in a million years are we going to do redo this you know like he he would take a hard stand and the dolphins have not they've you know they've gone in public and they've said well they've acknowledged this is a this is a unique situation and you know all these things. Um, so I think that I think that ultimately it's just gonna get resolved. And it, it could it could be with you know finding some extra guaranteed money somewhere or doing something, you know, um, ornamental, uh, just to make him feel like he got a win. Um, you know, or or maybe it, it does result in, in him asking for a trade. I think asking for a trade is really the worst case scenario. Um, and I, I think he might do that. But even asking for a trade is like, okay, well, what if one doesn't materialize? Well, then he plays, and that's what's going to happen. So, um, so I, I, you know, I'm not worried about it too much, uh, unless and because I know that they won't trade him. Chris Greer is going to trade him unless he gets like a nice haul, right? Mm-hmm. We know this about him as a trader by now, right? So, so if we do trade him, then I know that we got a haul for it. So that's that's kind of a good thing if we don't trade, but otherwise I don't think he's not playing this year. He's going to play. So I'm not too worried.
0: Well, that's the, the situation as of right now, but Simon, what do you think is going to
2: happen? I think he'll play. Okay. That's it. I think he'll play.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think that he'll play this season, maybe even disgruntled. And unfortunately I think they're going to have to get, you know, 75 cents on the dollar. Unless, of course, you know, he repeats it. He goes out there and he gets 10 more picks. Then who yeah. knows? Maybe the Dolphins do get that haul. Maybe they get a, a front line player and a first round pick, which is ideally what you kind of want, especially for a guy that's that expensive. Like you're going to have to take something back, right? Like there's not many teams that could just throw a $20 million cornerback onto their, their books. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you have an idea yeah. of how that could work?
1: I know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I I do have to say this. I'm, I'm usually on the side of the player in this situation um getting paid more i don't think they're i think the nfl maintains a lot of leverage over the players and um and i think that they they have to do what they can when they can so in that sense like you know this is opportunistic he's coming off a ridiculous year uh he's still young right now he's coming off a healthy year um he needs he needs to strike while this iron is hot um, and that's what he's doing. So I understand that from a business sense, but from the Dolphins sense, like I, I don't necessarily, I don't come out on ultimately on his side on this. Um, I think that he we're, we're only one year into that extension. And at the time that he signed the extension, it was not only the be- the highest paid corner contract in the league. It was the highest defensive contract in all of the league. You know, you think about all the defensive players that were, that were active at that point, his contract was better than every, you know, defensive contract on the books. Um, And so, you know, we've got only gotten one year into it, but why would, why would you be, why would you be redoing it already? Um, So I think that that's, that's ultimately the Dolphins going to, that's what their stance is going to be. But I do, I do sense that um, that there's gonna, you know, this is not gonna be a trade. I don't think it's just so many, so many things standing in the way of it being a trade. Um, you know, this is this is ultimately like a relationship. They're gonna find some way to give him a win, and um, without really giving too much. And I think, and, and then he's gonna play, and then then maybe next year, next year we revisit it and see that they can do with the salary cap and all that, but that's it.
0: Yeah, as far as some particulars, he fired his agent in February, which is the Marius Bilbo. A lot of people think that uh, Bilbo and the Dolphins have, like, uh, an antagonistic relationship. I'm told that that's not the case. But he fired him and then hired David Cantor. I don't know if I can see the same uh Simon, do you think that that kind of, is he tipping his hand? Like he he's actually really going to go through with this by hiring old antagon, old dolphin antagonist, David Cantor, or or it's just window dressing.
2: It's a I threat. Think, I just think it's fan bullshit. I don't think the dolphins give a fuck who his agent is. Okay. Like, agents are agents. They they deal with GMs and they've dealt with them historically for years. And it's not in a GM, it's not in an agent's, it's it's not in their best interest to piss off general managers because you you look at the people that work underneath that general manager you're going to be dealing with this person all the time and then you're going to be dealing with his underlings all the time especially if they go on to be general managers it just suits nobody I just think it's it's the sort of nonsense that fans get really you know excited about and it's it's absolute bullshit it doesn't it really doesn't matter
0: yeah you know I don't know how David Cantor fits on all this but I do remember the Olivier Vernon uh,
2: saga. Uh, it's, their no. it's their job. It's their job. Their job is to get money for their client. Their, their job is not to pat a cake at the 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 dolphins well, or the the brewers or the the Chicago Bulls or whoever it is that they. That's well, their that, responsibility. let well, that's
1: beside. That's not. That's not quite fair because David Cantor has really gone after the dolphins in public on Twitter. But good, good for him. I mean, I you know. I mean, I, I I just don't care. I
2: just think it's so overblown. I think when you when you drill down into it, and you you know, I, I just think it's you know people fall out all the time, but they have to deal with these guys all the time. I just I just don't buy that it's a thing, and I, I certainly don't buy that Xavier Howard has brought in an agent who hates the Dolphins because that that's just like internet mumbo jumbo. It just it's just not realistic in this. You know, that just makes no sense.
0: Uh, it's, not to... like, it's not
2: like it's not like Demarius Bilbo and the Dolphins were uh, were particularly tight. You go back to the Jarvis Landry situation, oh, you, should, yeah. you know. Yeah, although I mean, the, that the, was smoothed agents... over with the
0: uh, Xavier Howard contract, which now he hates.
2: <laughs> yeah, but go back to before the Xavier Howard contract. It wasn't smoothed over then. No, you know. I just think it's you, you know this is like it, it, it's overblown So and I don't for one second think that the Miami Dolphins star cornerback hired an agent who hates the Dolphins because he thinks it's going ha- to what, what does he think it's going to help them do?
0: Uh, Help him get him out of here.
2: But he doesn't need David Cantor to do that. Just don't turn up. You don't need an agent to do that. You just need some stones, which he clearly has. You don't need David Cantor to do that. You can hire any fucking agent to do that. You know, go and hire whoever. I I just don't buy that. That's a thing. thing You know, it's an interesting talking point for, you know, but reality, I just don't,
0: you know. Now, as far as the player, and I think this part is interesting, I, I dug up an interview he did on the Man-to-Man podcast with Darius Butler. You guys know who he is, right? I saw yeah. this interview, too. Yeah, and uh, I found it odd. He seems to resent that they signed Baron Jones. Like, he doesn't want good players on his team. And then he took notice, quote-unquote, I took notice when they drafted Noah Igbenagini. Like uh, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I, I thought that the whole point was to get good players around you, and maybe those players help you. And if you look at the stats, and the numbers seem to bear that out, Byron Jones seemed to move those balls going the other way, so he can pick them off. So I don't know. I don't, I don't understand Xavier Howard. Everything points to not for long as a Miami Dolphin, but maybe for oh, this season.
1: Well, he but he couched it a lot. Like I watched that interview too. And, and he, he brought up, I think he even brought up, or they brought up the Aaron Rodgers situation. I mean, it was within this context. They brought up the Aaron Rodgers situation drafting. Um, what's his name? Uh, the, the kid that we liked at Utah love. state, Jordan love, um, you know, and he, and so he's, they're asking, do you, did you feel that, of when the Dolphins went and signed Byron Jones and then drafted, you know, Noah egg monogamy. And, um, and he was like, you know, yeah, you know, like I did. And he even used the term slap in the face. Mm-hmm. But before, before he said that he was like, yeah, but I understand that they had to, they had to protect themselves because of my knee. Like he said that, like he said, I understand they got to protect themselves because of my knee. But if it and then he goes on, he was like, "But it was kind of like a slap in the face, and I was going to make him pay. I was going to make him pay by, by um, going out there and playing well." Well, you know what? That, that's that's exactly the attitude that you want players to have. I mean, you can't go out there every every friggin' time that you're in front of the media and talk about how competition is great and competition brings out the best in the players. And you know, we're all about having the players compete. And then and then not expect them to feel some kind of emotional way about giving them competition. That, this is what you're hoping to do. That's what that that's what produces the good play is, is by getting them to feel that way. Um, and to compete and to, to want to make the team pay for putting their job and you know up for up for competition, up up in jeopardy. I mean, this is this is what you want. He did what you want, and he, he showed a very mature understanding that the dolphins had to protect themselves because of his knee and he knew it so you know this is all this is all just going this is a stage play at this point Mm. and it's not even a good one (laughs) it's not even a good play it just feels phoned in you know and and i i don't i don't i don't think it's gonna you know amount to much
0: yeah Although, you know, you could understand how fans could get a little bit nervous because there's more expectations this season than in any season in a while. And I have some stats to back that up, by the way. So, you know, and if you look at the defense, I would say it's powered mostly by those two guys outside, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Like, those two guys made it happen. It was a good idea to have two expensive cornerbacks, Mm -hmm. you know? So that I, you know, people just get nervous. They they see that and they want their Xavier Howard back playing with Byron Jones because they want to repeat what they did last year. Now, one thing I will say about this, and and you talked about, and I gotta dig up, I gotta dig a little bit deeper into this. You were talking about like a regression to the mean as far as turnovers. Yeah. For whatever turnover reason, regression. for whatever reason, you can find them throughout NFL history. Several you know coaches have good turnover ratios. You know, plus plus minus right. But mm-hmm. as far as creating turnovers, only Lovey Smith and his Bears, that seemed to be a feature of all his defenses. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out why that is, because it hasn't shown up much since. You know, Maybe that's just – and it's an anomaly. Maybe it's just him. Maybe it's just Lovey Smith and his defense has created turnovers. But that's going to be something that they're definitely going to need.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're a more talented defense. I think they. I think they. Two things can be true at the same time in, in 2021, which is that there are more talented defense. They're they're more sound in some areas than they probably were before, um, and yet they might not have the same year that they had they had last year. I mean, it's just both things can be true, and um and that's kind of where I'm where I'm leaning. What I'm expecting.
0: All right, Simon. Dolphins are projected, okay, and this is just a projection, but they're projected favorites in 10 games this season. Remember there's 17 of them this year. Can you guess the last time the Dolphins were favored in 10 games in a in an NFL season? Cuz I looked this up.
2: 1066.
0: <laughs> well, I only have information year. I only have information that goes back to 2003, so that's 17 years and it's never happened this is the the first year okay the first year where they are actually favored in 10 games in 2009 actually they were favored in nine games okay so i guess that was coming off of the 11 and 5 year a lot of people thought that they were going to be pretty good they weren't i think what did they go 7 and 9 that season
1: what was what was the expectations in 2017 after we made the playoffs in 2016 and
2: it was yeah, seven. I, I thought
1: expectations were pretty good that year. It was seven. Really? Didn't they yeah. die out early
2: on because Ryan got injured in yeah, Ryan
0: Tano got injured mm-hmm. and uh oh right, okay. They were right. seven and a half, was the over under on wins the win total was seven and a half, and then it dumped after they signed Cutler. So Vegas was actually yeah. kind of prescient when that happened. I'm pretty sure we argued about it. Like, what why are we you know losing half a game over Jay Cutler? Well, now we know, mm. yeah. So Simon, the expectations game. Do you get the sense that this is the, the season with the highest expectations in a very long time? At least in the data that I have, it's 17 years. but I guess we could go back to 2001, which was the last like legitimately good team that they had before, hypothetically this one. Do you get the
2: sense that there are more expectations this year? Of course. I mean, it would be retarded to think anything other than that because twofold, one, the team hasn't been very good for 17 years, as we just pointed out two, you know, the the deals that they've made has have put them in a position to bring in players, whether that's free agents or draft picks. So therefore you apply your own pressure by doing that, by ripping up and starting again and, and positioning yourself that way. And three, the world is different than it was 17 years ago. Social media is so much more prevalent. So there is so much more pressure that comes through those channels, whether that's Twitter, whether that's Instagram, whether that's Facebook, whether that's podcasts, whether that's 24-hour news, you know, the athletic, all those sorts of things are in more and more and more, you know, ESPN, all the sorts of traditional media as well that are now pumping out, you know, the NFL network exists, you know, to a to a completely different level than it did 17 years ago so yes of course there's pressure of course there's more pressure I mean that's that's an absolute given you know this team is now in a position where it's going to have to make a run over the next three or four years because this window is now beginning to open and they've got to take advantage of that and if they don't then we know what's going to happen and it will be um, rinse and repeat as it has been for the last 17 years except with the new staff so of course there's more pressure Chris
0: expectations. Does, do you feel as if like, you know, they're, they're elevated, like you're expecting something and you would be disappointed if they don't achieve it.
1: I mean, there's a difference between what, what Dolphins fans expected and, and what the Dolphins are expecting, what the national, you know, people are expecting. Cause I think, I think nationally, you know, sometimes we're, you know, there's, There's not a lot of uh, love for the Dolphins, certainly not Tua um, among national media. And so that might be really dampening expectations nationally, but certainly locally uh, the expectations are high. They should be high. Now is the time it's, you know, there's no, there's no rebuild anymore. There's no, you know, this is, this is it. Um, What I can say is, and that I have consistently heard from multiple places Um, is that inside that building, there's, there's more pressure than there's been. And, um, and that, uh, you know, this is obviously probably the highest expectations Steve Ross has had since somebody else was coaching. And, um, and so they're, they're, they are expecting wins. They are expecting playoffs. And if they don't get that, that will be a failure to them. There will be answers that will need to be had, um, if they don't make the playoffs. So, yeah, there are definitely expectations inside the organization that weren't there in a lot of previous years. Um, even there in 2016, Adam Gase's first year, when they did actually go 10-6 and six and make, make the playoffs. Um, but then I think the expectations started to ratchet until Tannehill went down um, in 2017, and then, and then expectations got high, higher in 2018, even though I think some other people saw a disaster on the horizon. Um, yeah, so definitely, I think I think the obvious, obvious is the obvious. Yeah, I look at this team and,
0: you know, I, I, it's almost like, you know, because the, the Dolphin fan, especially on Twitter, is constantly waiting for a piano to fall on their head. And you can't blame them because a piano has consistently fallen
1: on their head for the last 20 years, right? Yeah, we, we get a lot of pianos.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I look at this team and I can make a case for being happy at every single position, except running back, of course. Okay. And we have all, we all have our theories. I think we settled on that. They probably screwed up on draft day, right? Like, I think we settled on that. Like they tried to get their guy, but they couldn't. So, you know, I well, this- I, it's yeah. I
1: don't know. I don't know Kinda? if I'd say screw up. I think that's strong language. I think just because they tried doesn't mean that they they really thought they had it and then were disappointed that, you know, oh my god, we were expecting to be able to do this and 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 now we can't. I think they took that chance, you know, they knew what they were doing, they knew what they were going to try to do. They tried to do it knowing that it, it might not work. And it's um, possible it's possible that it they didn't. gambled and lost.
2: No, it's possible that if they really wanted it, they would have they would have done it they had the they had the power to do it and they didn't mm. deem it necessary and that's they ultimately up, what they could have up the to. offer exactly and they had the yeah. they had the they had the weaponry to do it with and they didn't and that tells you all you need to know because if they really desperately yep. wanted to do it they would have done it regardless because no team has as, as much capital as they do and they didn't so that tells you everything
0: yeah because if you uh, you got to think uh, some teams have different boards than what we what most people are used to like most people Look at the draft and think, okay, at running back, a team has 25 guys that they're willing to draft. It usually doesn't work that way. Sometimes a team has three or two guys Mm -hmm. that they're willing to draft at a position. And who knows if at running back, you know, they they took Jared Dokes in the seventh round because it was an opportunity. Somebody piped up. And we already said that, you know, maybe they have the interns make the picks past the fourth round. But it's entirely possible that they maybe had they maybe they had Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, both are gone, and they went back to back. If I'm correct, and then they said, you know mm-hmm. what, to hell with it, and that's it. We're done. We're out of the running back business at least for this draft. So you know, yeah. it's we'll they, never were not, know.
1: they were not they were not urgent they were not feeling urgent about Javante Williams. I, I know that it didn't seem that way. Yeah. So and because again, as Simon's point is the point. If if they were, it would have happened. Yeah, <laughs>
0: they, yeah had they had no the ammunition shortage. to do it. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like yeah. they had one pick in each round. No, they had several. So I guess we could close here. Simon, what are the strengths? Because next week we start breaking down the entire roster leading up into training camp, which starts in July 27th, which I will be at. So, Simon, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses on this team as you see it as of right now?
2: I mean, they're the same that they were when we did it four weeks ago. I mean, uh, the the... the, the... The strengths is, I mean, it's, it's impossible to say right now because nothing's happened. You know, the you can't you can't define what strengths You know, you could say quarterback is a strength. You could say receiver is a strength. It looks a strength, but you know, if somebody gets injured, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of guys got traded. You know, I, I can't see Jakin Grant I potentially can't see Preston Williams making the team. They might trade Parker. Tight end looks a strength. You know. Offensive line has work to do. Quarterback has work to do. Defensive line, yeah, okay. Linebacker, you know, there's an issue with regards how it's going to work without um, without uh, your man, whose name has completely escaped me because it's half midnight, um, who's gone back to New England, Carl Van Noy. Secondary looks of strength, but obviously, you know, it's up in the air with Howard, so you know, I'd say the biggest strength is the, is the kicker. That's them. You know, he's the best player on the team pretty much.
0: Yeah. I think that they're, at least from what I got from OTAs, they look, they're sleeker. Like you could tell that there was a talent infusion on this team, especially on the offensive end. Like there is talent on this team. Waddle and Fuller alone give this team a pretty strong look on the skill Mm. position side. And of course Hunter Long, we've talked about him. He's only been running around in his underwear. So, you know, you know, Everybody has to relax a little bit, but he has fans. Hunter Long has fans, and Gaseki also looks sleeker and faster, bigger, stronger. He also looked different than he did last year. He looked thinner last
1: year. So I think these guys have had more of an off season, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so so we we're sort of we we should expect that. Um, there they are because they've had that full off season. I think that they're going to come in in better shape and um looking good but you know uh i think you said it with the pass catchers i'm just i'm i'm stupefied with the pass catchers um the makeover that they gave that unit this year or this off season you you know normally uh, you get a will fuller and if you've actually watched his all 22 and and tracked how he played this last year He was he was really really good. One of the very top wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. When he played, Uh, you know, people compare it to the Mike Wallace thing, and I think he's a much. I think he's a better player than Mike Wallace was uh, when Mike Wallace came to the Dolphins. Uh, You get that just that guy, just that guy, just totally transfigures your um, your position, right from from top to bottom. You know, shoves everybody down a rung suddenly you're, you're number two last year is now your number three and you, so on and so forth. Um, to get him and then the sixth overall pick, Jalen Waddle, you know, a guy that other teams also felt was an elite player, elite level wide receiver prospect. In um, one off season, that's just, that's just monstrous. I mean, that's, I, we've never seen that in our entire history watching the Miami Dolphins um at certainly not not at that position anyway and, yeah the last um, time
0: i could remember an overhaul like that was when shula decided you know what that's enough with the with the Marx brothers they've you know they're up in age mm-hmm. and they went and they got irving fryer and mark ingram in one off season and drafted oj mcduffie yeah
1: you
0: know like that was it, it's that type of makeover
1: yeah i mean it's it's that type of makeover problem probably even Probably even better, more impactful, in my opinion. Um, you know, and and so I think, I think you know, strap in because we we're talking about Tua all the time, and the tight end position, obviously as well. You mentioned Hunter Long; they've still got good tight ends from last year. They've got Mike Gesicki, who is being recognized by the best tight ends in the league as one of the best tight ends in the league. So he kudos <laughs> to him. Um, he was teaching know, drills think- at
0: Kelsey's camp.
1: <laughs> Was he, yes. well i mean that's 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 the respect i mean these, yes, kelsey the, the made the best, him
0: a coach uh, at his camp
1: the best tight ends in the league are like out there watching the tight ends and being like yeah mike is like he's top five you know he's uh, i think i think that means something um so you look at him and with the pass catchers uh, it's just it's it's phenomenal we keep talking about Tua. we're talking about him way too much because it's like oh two is two going to take the next step is he gonna is, is he gonna explode is he gonna he's gonna arrive on the scene this is gonna be his year this is that's not the story man <laughs> that's just mm. that's just not the story because even if he does pretty well you know i doubt that he's suddenly russell wilson you know um because russell wilson wasn't even necessarily russell wilson until a certain point in his career i think that two is going to continue developing and yeah he's going to be better this year of course he's got a full offseason he's gotten stronger and you know and so on and so forth but that's not the story I mean the story is look what they put around him mm-hmm. you can't you can't you can't guard Mike Gesicki the way you would have last year when you also have Will Fuller and Jalen Waddle on the team it doesn't work you know it, it it the x's and o's don't there's there's not a way to draw that up and defend Mike Gesicki the same way you know so I think that I think that there's there's going to be some a lot to be had this year and it's not and it's not going to necessarily be like you know oh Tua turned into Drew Brees you Mm -hmm. know well no he's he's distributing the ball to to a lot of players that are really talented really fast and um and that's what's that's what I think I would expect this year
0: yeah I like all the fluff stories that are coming out right now how who was picking up the the playbook and some other guys are not picking up the playbook, but it's really diverse. And I'm really interested in seeing, you know, what kind of team they're going to be because they have 5,000 tight ends on the roster. But if you look at the team, you know, on the surface, it looks like an 11 personnel team. It looks like they're going to have three wide receivers on the field. And why would you, why wouldn't you at all times? Right. Absolutely. yeah, you know, well, next week we will start breaking down some of these camp battles and they're going to be some interesting ones. If you start digging into the team, especially on defense, on defense, like they could go a bunch of different ways as far as who gets to play and which personnel sets. We'll start breaking that down starting next week. That's it. There is no more. This was our return. You get us for the next eight
1: months, people. So enjoy the first one. Oh, one thing we're up just in the, just while we were recording this. We got yeah. up to 106. We went from 100 nice. to 106.
0: I was I, one time I looked at it and it said 102. So in other words, if we stay on the air for like the
1: next two three weeks straight, yeah, why don't we just? I might be able to get. Us. I might be able to
0: get my my
1: uh, my beach house in the Keys, huh? <laughs> We're just gonna marathon this and and have you all keep signing up. All right, that's it. There is no more. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at (laughs) Hero.co.